Tamaki Tane Hotaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Now, State Highway 6, Haas to Makarora, remains closed due to a slip. Now, daily convoys this week are at 8 a.m., 12 midday, 4.30 p.m. every day, allowing heavier and permitted vehicles. Today on the show, a piece on RNZ Today on just how embedded the food lobby is in this country. We took a look at the issue just after four. And children are leaving school early in search of work. Our guest today says that she was gobsmacked when a 12-year-old rang her looking for work. That around quarter past four this afternoon. And I had a question from a listener. He wanted this put to the panel. He's in the police and some of his colleagues are moving to Australia and he asks, what actually is the reason that Australia's wages are so much higher? What's the history behind it? We take a look at that. And asks a professor of behaviour in The Guardian, not even bankers wear tyres and blazers anymore. So why should School children. What do you think? Blazers, ties, long past the use by date in schools? Or does it generate school pride? Does it generate school spirit? Text me, 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me for their views, their opinions, their takes with us. Ali Moore, investigative journalist, Ali Kiora, nice to have you here. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, Jack. And uh, yes, indeed, there he is, Jack <laughs> Yan himself, publisher based in Wellington. Jack's been a long time. Good to have you back on. Yeah, tēnāko, Wallace. Tēnāko, tēnāko, and tēnāko to everyone. Oh, very good. Now, this first, mm. a number of Hamilton's green spaces are about to get a whole lot greener. As part of a trial run, 13 locations, including Haripoki Park and Hillcrest Park, will have a no-mow regime. Some say these so-called flower meadows will allow biodiversity in the area to thrive. Others seem worried it would make the parks unpleasant. With us is Go Eco Waikato Environment Manager, Centre Manager, Joe Wrigley. Kia ora, Joe. Kia ora. Yes, are you for this? Yes, absolutely. Got to give everything a shot. What's the idea here? What could be achieved from it? I think uh, it's important to understand that biodiversity is more than birds and trees, that actually it's really important that we are growing, maintaining um, and supporting insect communities as well. Uh, Insects provide um, such hugely important things in support of uh, food growing, birds, water quality, soil health um, and the way that our pollination works. This, so, yeah, this, the, this, this no-mow thing, it's a bit of a trend around the world now, isn't it? So, somewhat of an urban playground style. It is, and, and here in um, Aotearoa, the Auckland Botanical Gardens have also been running a project which provides uh, loads of uh, information, information and research around what it is to have sustainable meadows as part of our urban infrastructure. But, well, let's go to our panel and see whether they like the look of a no-mo regime. Ellie? I think it's a great idea. Um, We know that uh, loss of biodiversity is an issue that's knitted right in with climate change. 
uh, and uh, anything we can do, I think, to increase our biodiversity, including in urban areas, is a, is a great idea. I do recognise that some people have uh, a few worries about uh, vermin infestations. I'm assuming uh, that the council has a sensible plan for keeping the area litter-free. No. Um, and for the idea that, you know, you get soggy feet when you have to walk through long grass. Well, you can get yourself a good pair of rain boots. A lot of them come with memory foam footbeds these days. So that's my recommendation. <laughs> John? So um, in, in the NOMO areas, there are still walk paths that are available. These are areas of parks that are, are NOMO, not complete parks. The other thing around pest control is always interesting and pest control often comes up as a reason why we wouldn't have urban um, fruit gardens or, or fruit trees on booms is that rats will be there. Mowing your grass doesn't stop rats. Predator control does and predator control is an ongoing challenge and one that's often under-invested in um, and... Yeah, we just need to make sure that we're doing that and that it's part of the plan at all times. Okay. In Hamilton City Council, there are plans around predator control in, in these urban settings, so we're not concerned about oh, that. Well, there you go. Quite a commitment here. 13 locations, Jack Yan, including Haripoki Park, Hillcrest Park. Um, uh, quite a um, quite a commitment to this no-mo thing. What do you reckon? Oh, I love the idea of unmowing grass because then I don't feel like the, I'm the odd one out. Um, oh, do, you, do you do it? Do you do it? I, I do do it. I've got an electric mower um, because I'm a little bit more eco-friendly, but yeah, the range is limited, so I'm forced to take a break after 40 minutes of mowing. It's perfect. Um, I live in a neighbourhood where the berms are manicured, so you know if people are more into biodiversity, I don't feel like I'm the odd one out. I'm all for the meadowland toward a closing door in the days of vine and roses. I hope we don't <laughs> owe Johnny Mercer any money from that. But it does feel like, yeah, we're, we're back in that. It, it is a trend, isn't it? I mean, I remember in the 70s with The Good Life, we were watching Richard Bryars and Felicity Kendall. <laughs> and we're all in self-sufficiency right. and unmoored oh, lawns. It was wonderful. <laughs> Love the good, what, a good, what a good show, Jack. What about the look? You know, what, I mean, when, when I think of Hamilton, I think of beautiful, um, clean parks, manicured to the nth degree, and white tables on the parks. You've got your cucumber sandwiches, a cup of tea. You know, that, that's what I like. And next minute you've got this overgrowing, you've got weeds everywhere. You know, wouldn't oh. it be a shame to go to the weeds? Well, I think a, a weed in anybody's eye is a rose <laughs> in others, really. And often what we call weeds are wild herbs. herbs. We've, we've underestimated the power of those wild herbs and we've underestimated what they contribute to um, to biodiversity and and also to climate action. And climate action has to be the priority right. here. We also need to understand the history of parks. Those are 17th century status symbols that no longer have a place in our world as a predominant form of, of green space. We have to share the green space with the insects. Mm, yeah, someone says, fabulous idea, good work, Hamilton, bit of support by it, although someone says, how does it stay looking like a meadow and not an overgrown lawn? Uh, so so they're, they're still mowing, we're just not mowing to within an inch degree and manicuring them so that no leaf falls onto that white path. We are growing them longer before they're being mowed but they're being mowed to a longer height. Oh, I see. 
I see. What I mean, Ellie, am I right that you live on a lifestyle property? Is there an area of yours that you've you've let leave? You know, managed decay. I guess. I have, I have two sides uh, of the coin. I have a, a large area of lawn which cost me an absolute fortune for somebody to come and yeah. uh, cut with a ride on mower, and I have an area of paddock for my horses that just won't seem to grow any grass at all at the moment because <laughs> it's so wet. So I'm stuffed whatever way I look. All right. Well, people seem to be on board, Joe, with it. So, Kira, I really appreciate your time, and I'm really interested to see. Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing it myself, actually, to see how these flower meadows look. Um, well done. That's uh, Joe Wrigley uh, from Go Eco Waikato, the environment, uh, environment centre manager there. Um, your bit of response to, oh, yeah. Diane says, on a recent trip to London, we saw plenty of no-mo areas around Buckingham Palace, St. James Park, Hyde Park. They look beautiful. And the rest of the park was mown, and uh, and they both seem to um, be in simpatico with each other. All right, time for I've been thinking. Ellie Moore, take it away. Yeah, I've been thinking about the price of justice, a little philosophical today, um, after the New Zealand Herald revealed that $900,000 or thereabouts was spent on legal aid for the Mamahooch rapists. Um, Danny and Roberto Jazz. Uh, they qualified for that legal aid under the normal rules. Um, and if their convictions and the sentencing give them uh, give some relief and healing for the victim survivors in this case, you could argue that that money was well spent. Um, but I was reading the that incredibly brave young woman, um, uh, Sophie, Sophie Brown, who asked for name suppress- suppression to be lifted, she's pointed out that she and the other victims will have to pay out of their own pockets for any ongoing counselling or help that they need after the case. So, you know, while this is an important part of the way the legal, legal system works, you can see how it might seem like a, a double blow uh, for the people who had the harm done to them in the first mm. place. It's a tricky one. Yes, because they get a, a pittance. People, the likes of Sophie, get a pittance of aid. Uh, you know, when, when counselling, I'm talking about with regards to payment compared to this what nine hundred plus grand. Yeah, so she explained that uh, she uh, th- they were paid kind of the standard rate to appear as witnesses, which is small. Uh, and they got a limited amount of, of counselling help. Um, I've seen enough victim survivors go through the, proce- the, the trial process uh, in cases like these to know that that probably won't be enough for them. And the, and the fact that they have to dip into their own pocket to uh, to keep going with their healing is is a shame. Mm. Thank you, Ellie. Uh... Indeed, big issue, that one. That one, Jack Yan, uh, I've Ma- been thinking. I'm much lighter than what Ellie's been thinking. I've been thinking about the late David McCallum, uh, with whom I share a birthday on the Gregorian oh, do you? calendar. I do indeed, but not on the Matamataka, because uh, on the Matamataka it's actually today. Um, I'm sure listeners my age will remember the man from Uncle and Ilya Kuryakin. Invisible always, man, that's what he and was. Then, and David, uh, Daniel Weston, wasn't he? He was Dr. Daniel Weston, which has sort of been forgotten amongst the tributes that have been played. They've talked about Ilya, they've talked about... 
ducky and they talk about steel. But I love The Invisible Man as well. Um, for those who remember the return of The Man from Uncle, I think Ilya retires to be a hairdresser. Um, but a great actor because he always played things slightly dark. And, you know, steel was a really cold-hearted, possibly literally supernatural being. I think any actor would be proud that there's one role they are remembered by. Here's an actor who's remembered for four. Yeah. And, um, you know, thank you, David, for the music, for the roles. Oh. 90 is a heck of an age to do, continue to do something you love. And, um, yeah, rest oh, in peace. Oh, wonderful, Jack. Yeah, rest in peace. David McAllen there, mind you. Um, Invisible Man, my problem was as a kid, um, you couldn't see him. <laughs> and that was an issue for me as a, what, eight-year-old, because doors open and closed. That's right. Candles lifted off the table by themselves. More doors open and closed. You couldn't see the guy. No, it was a really expensive show, apparently, to do was it? special effects. In fact, that was the reason it was cancelled. Really? The first year. And we got the Gemini Man with Ben Murphy the following year. So, um, same idea. Are you familiar with any of these shows, effects. Ellie? Man from Uncle, Invisible oh, Man? Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> probably, <laughs> as a, probably as a boy <laughs> show, Ellie. <laughs> boy, boy subjects. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very good. All right, uh, Jack, mm-hmm. Ian, Ali Moore with me this afternoon. Um, lost to discuss, too. Um, uniform students look tidy, but they're uniformed so that they are. It smacks of some militaristic overhangs from older times that suppresses individualism, that at 425 today, whether or not uh, we should drop the blazer, we should drop the tie from schools altogether. One professor in The Guardian says absolutely, because it doesn't reflect the real world. On the panel, RNZ National, do stay with us here till 5.00.